Hello and good afternoon. This is Christine Dean, your DFW Networking Diva, connecting you to who you want to know. And believe me, you want to know who I have on today. And I am so excited. So we talk about everything has to do with entrepreneurial well-being, uh, mindset, you name it, business coaching, marketing. If it has to do with the entrepreneurial world, we are in. And I am so excited because Denise, she is awesome. And boy, did she catch my eye. Hi, Denise. Hi, Christine. Hi, I'm so excited about having you here. Yeah, I, I got to say, when I was scrolling through and I saw you had something about the energetics of networking, I went, oh, now being the networking diva, you know, I had to be all over that when I'm like, girlfriend, you have to tell me more about that. <laughs> Nobody, I don't think ever talks about the energetics of it, but it makes a lot of sense, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. What is that about? Talk to us a little bit. Yeah, so it's really about um, understanding the energy that you're carrying in your networking endeavors. So when you show up to networking, what is the energy you're communicating with before you even speak? So what is your aura? What's your vibe? What are people receiving from you? What are they sensing from you without even having a conversation with you? And so really talking about how you discover that. What does that look like? And then also how to shift it because not everyone shows up in the energy that's um, – that produces the results that we're looking for when it comes to networking. Wow. Talk about something we don't normally think about, but it's so true, right? You walk into an, 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 an event, a room has a certain energy level in it to start with, right? And in creating the right vibe and what kind of vibes are you putting off and yeah. the other people, right? I always like look for the wallflowers that are standing against the wall. I'm like, oh, shy people, come here, let's talk, right? <laughs> if, you're, if you think you're going to hang out on the edge and you think I'm not going to find you, sorry. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, there's a, they obviously have a, a certain vibration that they're, they're putting off too. Right. And so it's just really, um, I find, I've just found it so important to, to really take an honest look at that because so often in conversation with people that network, you know, they'll, they'll indicate that it's not working for them. And it's usually that there's something about ourselves that's not working. It's not that the networking isn't working. It's something about us that's not working to produce what we're actually looking for. And oh, my so, goodness. What a, what a good point right there. It's true, right? Because people always say, oh, it doesn't work. It doesn't work for me. It doesn't. Well, it doesn't work for you for a reason. And let's find out why that is, because it's more than a checkoff list, right? I mean, yeah. we know here's a business card here. Let's talk. Let's do a one on one. What kind of energy are you putting out during those? Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's huge. And I was thinking recently I was at a meeting and it was a little bit smaller and somebody came in and they had a bad attitude, negative, and they're complaining and this, that, and it's like, just kind of sets the tone. It's like, Oh, okay. Time out. Yeah. <laughs> You're bringing the whole room down, buddy. Let's put you in a breakout room one-on-one -on -one and you can go talk to somebody about that. Let's see if we can get you cheerful again. Right. Yeah. But when you're putting yeah. out those kind of vibes, People are going, oh, I really want to connect with that person. That's somebody I want to do business with. They're like, no, 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 thanks. Yeah. <laughs> and I find too that um, like this is actually something I thought about pre-COVID um, as I networked and especially as it related to women, because I think women are more prone to this than men. It doesn't mean that they're not men aren't, but we just have a different approach to how we function in, in general and then how we approach business and women I, I was watching women get up to do their 30 second intro, or even if they were going to do a presentation and they would immediately shoot themselves in the foot with like the first five seconds of whatever they would say. Right. And there's an energy that, that is there, right. That's present. And um, it's a deeper energy. It's an energy either of 
how we perceive our value um, and our worth in the world, which does translate into what we do and how we show up and how we run our businesses and or, or how we are in our careers. And so there were these nuances that I was watching. And then, of course, COVID hit and it kind of went away a little bit, just the, the desire for talking about it. And it's just certainly recently resurfaced as I've been back out in the world, like many of us. And yeah, so it's, it's, I, the nuances is what I would say in how we're communicating too. So, right. We have our physical energy that communicates something um, that is a makeup of our mental and emotional energy and the nuances that are present in that. So if you get up to say something and you immediately, you know, shoot yourself in the foot, there's an energy with that. And people are either going to be like, huh, that wasn't really impressive to me or there was, or they might not even know. That's the other thing that I think is really important to acknowledge. So Denise, I'm going to interrupt yourself. you. Yeah. And what do you mean when you say shoot yourself in the foot? Yeah. Explain so, what you mean by that? Because I yeah, know what you're talking about, but everybody might not understand that. Right. Right. So you immediately, um, kind of kill any vi higher vibration that you might've had in people's attention. So let's just say you get up to do a presentation. And the first thing you say is something along the lines of, I don't really know how to work a PowerPoint or I don't really know how to whatever, right? Which vulnerability is good. But when we're admitting that at the very beginning, right? And we're acknowledging that there's something that just immediately removes your level of credibility or your level of trust right? That other people may have already had or assumed was available or there, but then it, it immediately drops that down. And so that's what I mean by like, shoot yourself in the foot. You're immediately in the possibility like of communication and connection with you. Oh, absolutely. Right. And it's like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing. Oh, well, that's great. We're all dying to listen to you now. Right. Right. <laughs> right. Yes. Yes. Right. If you're yeah. starting off with confidence, right? I mean, that's something that's so simple that you wouldn't think we would have to tell people to do that, but you do, right? Start off with the confidence, start with a smile, yeah. start with, you know, start that energy level, just going full force to start with, right? The meek, okay, well, I don't really, um, well, uh, it, it's a 30 second commercial. You got to be able to do that with confidence. If you can't speak yes. for 30 seconds with confidence, you got bigger issues here. Yes. Yeah. And that's just it, you know, or, or the, where the focus is. Right. So a lot of times, and again, especially with women um, and, and I think a lot of this is societal pressure, right. That we have to get it right. We need to look perfect. Like all of these things that are sort of in the unwritten rule book that exists out there somewhere, um, yes. <laughs> you know, there's, there's all this pressure and so we stand up and we're worried about, oh my gosh, like this doesn't match or, you know, my shirt was half untucked or like, we're worried about all of those things and that interferes with our message. Right. So mm -hmm. it's really being clear with who you are, what you stand for, standing in the confidence of that, just like you said, and then delivering your message from that place. And, and that does require other work, right? You have to, you have to really mm -hmm. iron out those pieces. So if there are those disturbances for you that are preventing you from getting up and being your best self in that moment, there's an opportunity to look at something a little bit deeper. Absolutely right. It's because we need to be focusing on the priorities, right? What are the priorities? Is the priority the fact that you look gorgeous today, I might say? Me, no makeup. <laughs> you know, it's like, here I am and here I am, right? So, yeah. you know, if you're going to be worried about it the whole time, right, then you got to yes. put your face on. If you're not and you're like, I'm me, here I am, love me That's or hate right. me, but I'm me, right? Yeah. And I'm just going to do that. 
right? I don't yeah. need it to feel like right. oh, I can't talk in front of a group. I don't have makeup on, right? right. But if that's going right. to be an issue for you, then do it, right? You look absolutely gorgeous and I love it, right? So thank you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, and that's just it, right? Is I could also show up without anything if I wanted to. I'm, I'm confident enough that I don't mm -hmm. need that. And but yesterday- Some you women can't. They really can't. Right. Yeah. Right. If that's what they're going to be obsessing over, or I need to lose five pounds, I don't feel right. comfortable in what I'm wearing, or I'm not confident enough in what I have to say. Right. We've got yes. all this mind garbage. Yes. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Going affects, on. Right. And that affects your frequency. Right. And so that's sort of what I what I referred to when I talked about energetic networking mm -hmm. is like you got to really know where you stand in that frequency when you're getting ready to attend an event. Um, the other side of that that I would love to talk about for a minute is um, because this is, I actually gave a mini version of this presentation to a group of financial advisors and it was sort of like really eye-opening for them because when you think about why we all work and why we all do what we do at the end of the day, we would say it's to collect a paycheck, right? It's to collect and have some sort of income to provide for ourselves. And the problem is that if that's what we lead with, that is also an energetic frequency that we're delivering, right? We're like right. sending that out. And it's actually not very enjoyable to be on the receiving end of that because it feels graspy and it feels needy. And we're just like, the words you say sound okay, but the way that you say them sound very just like ugh, sticky and just gross. And like, I don't want to interact with you, right? And so it's really having this clarity of, okay, why am I showing up to network? Okay, yes. I do desire to have income, but if I didn't make it about that, what could I make it about? Right. Right. What could this be about? And you and I both know that it's about building relationships, right? And it's through those relationships that yes, it develops into, and you receive the income that you're looking for. But when you're so narrowly focused on, I'm here today and my bills need to be paid tomorrow. And so the sale, I've got to make the connection and you're so rigid so is your energy. And there's just so much blocking there. But when you can show up in the openness of money will come to me no matter what, and I'll always be taken care of, then you get to show up and you get to develop a relationship. And one of the things that I thought was really fascinating in that presentation when I was asking questions was, what would be different for you if you showed up in that energy? And almost everyone said, I would listen more. Mm -hmm. Because they're not so busy trying to drive their point, trying to drive their product. They're just like, I would actually be listening to more of what other people had to say and what their actual needs were. And if you did that, how would that change the dynamics of the relationship? Right. How profound, right? How, mm -hmm. how profound. Yeah. Yeah. So. Absolutely. Because nobody wants to be sold to, right? Nobody wants to hear the next pitch. You know, and if you're a networking diva, <laughs> I've already talked to so many people. It was like, oh, you do what? Yeah, that's along you and the other 500 people I know that do that. Right. right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I need your pitch again, like a hole in the head. Right. So don't, <laughs> don't pitch me. Right. I want to yeah. know you. I want to know what makes you tick. I want to yeah. know about your inner workings. How did you get here? Which is a great question. How did you get here? You're talking about, you know, vibrations and energy. And yeah. like I said, we're applying it to networking right now, but it really applies to everything. So a spiritual coach and mentor. Tell us a little bit more about that. What is yeah. that? Yeah. So um, it might help to actually tell a little bit of the story of how I've gotten to where I am, because there's there's transitional on the way that's really led me to diving in and um, what I would say, like picking up the needle out of the haystack in terms of energetic work. And so um, I actually started my coaching business as a life coach or a health coach. 
And that was sort of a result of um, some challenges, health challenges that one of my daughters had and just decided that we were going to look at alternative ways to treat her. And as we did that, it got some attention um, and I lost some weight. There were just some things happening. People were asking questions. And I saw that there was this gap between uh, what people were able to get help with in the medical field, like when they go to the doctor and what they really needed in terms of how to manage their health. And so I decided to shift careers, became a health coach. And in about 5.5 seconds in that career, I discovered that it had nothing to do with food and it had everything to do with your lifestyle, your thoughts, your feelings, your emotions. And about 90% of the conversations I had with my clients were about all of the things happening in their life that were preventing them from making these healthy decisions for themselves. And so I, I decided to take that a bit further, got some additional training, and I've continued that myself. And so one of the things that I picked up early in my life really is understanding that there was this energetic concept that people um, function from. And so energy has always been everything to me. I've always, I've always had this like awareness that uh, we we used energy in different ways, and there. And then I further understood the more I studied, right? Like our thoughts, our energy, and have an energetic frequency, and things like that. And so my own personal journey has been continuing to uncover what energetic signature and frequency I'm emitting and I'm functioning from. And the reality is, I I was born and raised in a two bedroom trailer. I didn't have my own bedroom for for many years. Lived with my brother and my parents and. When there's four of you and only two bedrooms and um, the, the end result was uh, my brother and I didn't share a room forever. So my bedroom was the living room. And so there's a certain level of energetic, you know, signature associated with, with that experience growing up. And so um, I just continued to break that down and raise my vibration from that place. And so that really have, does basically inspire and um is the work i've continued to do myself but it also is the work i do with my clients so it's basically raising the level of consciousness that you are in to another level and continuing to do that from an energetic perspective understanding knowing that our thoughts our feelings our emotions and our actions all emit an energetic frequency and when really the bottom line to all that is is when we're not experiencing what we want in life, it's because we're operating from an energetic frequency that's lower in vibration. And if like attracts like, then we'll just keep attracting that lower vibration. And so if we want something different, if we want to achieve something of a higher vibration, we have to move to that higher vibration. And that's the mental, emotional, and spiritual work. And so um, that's really how I would say, like, I've, I've claimed the title, so to speak, as a spiritual coach and mentor, because it is a lot of spiritual work. It's a lot of emotional work. And it's just really dealing with your spirit. And what is your spirit here to emit, right? What's the energetic frequency of your personal spirit? And so that's become sort of my passion, uh, really just for myself, like literally up leveling every moment I can, and then also doing that same work with my clients. All right, well, you're talking about things like vibrations and yeah. and all this stuff is like, oh wow. All right, what what does this mean? There's this vibration thing and frequency thing. I, I when I think of that, I think of like, I don't know, music or something like that. Yeah. So how does that correlate to our spirit and how we're doing? 
Yeah. So um, I had a coach say this once and it really settled in with me that your name has its own energetic frequency. It has its own vibration. And if you were to sing it, right? So you think about it in the terms of music, if you were to sing it, no one's name would ever sound the same because there's no other, there's no other you, right? There's no other Christine Dean. So there's no other, no other, another Denise Purdy, right? Like there actually are other people with my first and last name. There might even be for you because there, that's funny how the exists, but likely no one with the same middle name, right? So there's a frequency associated with the sound of those letters. And so we have that same vibration within ourselves. And so um, when you think about energy, um, it is, there's like a signature associated with it. So if you just think about science, right? Science, if we go back to like eighth grade science or something, um, and you learn that everything is energy, right? Like rocks have energy, trees have energy, and we don't think about it because we don't see the energy, right? We don't actually see it, but there is energy in everything. It takes energy to create, but actually energy is never created or destroyed. It's just made into something new. Um, so the computer that you're, you're sitting in front of and that you're using is a form of energy. It's just been compacted into pieces of metal and electronic bits, right? (laughs) And we have the same dynamic makeup in ourselves as a human. So, um, if you were connected to a machine that would, um, tell you what your energetic frequency was, it would, you would have a, a response. Like there's, there's, there are machines out there that tell you that. So, um, in your energy, that frequency is emitted, right. Based on what you're thinking and what you're feeling. Right. And you're right. We don't think about it, right. Things no. having energy when we can't see it, we don't think about it. Like, you right. know, how did that phone call get to my phone? It was like magic, <laughs> right? right? If you can't see it, you don't think about it. Right. But, but right. you notice when it's not there, when it's a miss, right. When it, there's something yeah. wrong with it. Oh, you know, I'm not in the right spot. Let me walk over here and put a, you know, foil exactly. hat on my head and stand on one foot. Right. <laughs> Back in the yeah, old phone commercials. Exactly. But the yeah. same thing, right? We don't think about the frequency and the vibrations and the energy that we're putting out when we're interacting with other people and what right. we're putting out in the universe. It's because we don't see it. Right? Yeah. But, but I will say if, if for anyone listening and watching, like you do experience it. And I want to call attention to that because you you mentioned this a little bit earlier when you walk into a room, there's an energetic signature of the people in that room, right? That's the energy. And so there might be moments or times when you've walked up to someone or you've walked into a room in general and it's ice cold. And I don't mean temperature wise. I mean, you walk in and you're like, oh, like something doesn't feel right here. It feels off or right. Like it's stiff here. And that's that's the energetic frequency of something. In the room. If you've ever walked into a room after two people were arguing, you're like, yes eerie silence and <laughs> I can feel that it's uncomfortable. I think I've entered in the room at the wrong time. Let me just right. get out of here. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You can feel it without them right. saying a word. You can feel okay. it. Right. Yeah. So we feel it. We sense it. Some of us are more sensitive to it because mm-hmm. we're maybe paying more attention or whatever. But, um, and the flip side is true also, right. You can walk into a room and I would say like my best recollections of this are, um, going to um, a direct sales, right, rah, rah event, the energy is usually really high, right? If, if the leader has really high energy, like the room is high, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that networking can be the same, right? Because the 
the leader of the meeting is going to determine a lot of the energy in the room and whether or not people want to be there. Because if they don't want to be there and they're bored, they're like, that's going to lower the energetic frequency you experience overall, right? Because mm-hmm. we each have a personal signature and then there's a signature of the combination of the culture that you're sitting in. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's everywhere, right? Everywhere. everywhere. <laughs> you everywhere. can't get away from it. You, the checkout line at the store. Your, your checker has an energetic frequency and that's how we remember the experience, right? <laughs> oh, absolutely. You know, oh, that long line, I'm never going to get out of it, right? Our own attitudes that we bring to it too. Yeah. Well, so this whole energy work thing, right? That's new to some people. They haven't really thought about it before. They haven't put any thought into it and they're like, oh, okay, well, that explains things. So with the whole, who do you work with? How do you do this? What do you do? What? <laughs> Yeah, so it varies a little bit, but typically uh, the women I work with, they're highly ambitious and um, what they're looking for is continued success with less stress. And so there's there and and because the work I do, I don't necessarily always not every conversation is like, oh, today we're going to talk about this energy We're we're really just modifying your thoughts, your habits, your behaviors. We're looking at what is what led to your success and what about it doesn't feel like you can take forward with you. Cause a lot of the women I work with, they want to achieve more success. Um, but now they have families, right? Maybe when they've got, when they achieve the position they're in, they didn't have families. So the dynamic looks different, right? And they're, they have more responsibilities now. And so it's really, how do we achieve not just the personal success, but the familial success, right? Like the personal success in our family of being more present not taking the stress out on our kids. And so I'm looking at, from an outsider's point of view, we're looking at all of the places that you're dissatisfied with, what's leading to those in terms of habits, patterns, right? Generational programming, lots of things come into these things. Um, and then we're just modifying as we see it. And we're, so I kind of go like what I like to, to, to say, the process for me, what I'm looking at is I'm like the little lice comb, you know, have you ever had to to pick lice out of. Oh yeah. I've been there, done that with kids. Yep. Yeah. It's a gross analogy, but this is really what it's like. I'm looking for the little piece of, you know, the little lice that's like, Oh, that's the thing that's right there in your way. And we're just going to take that out. We're going to remove it and we're going to put, you know, we're going to clean it up. (laughs) Well, that's a visual. I don't think we all want to take with us. We're going to work on a different visual for you. Cause yeah. Yeah, but it's like, but that's really like when I think about it, like we are picking through the nuances, right? Because we all have larger habits that um, are usually easy to see, but it's the little nuanced ones that we're not able to see very easily. And so, as a coach, that's what I'm looking for like the nuanced patterns that you have that you can't see and are really well disguised. And then we're, we're modifying those. And then I also look at, um, so there are some archetypes that I'm generally, this has actually been my work over about the last 12 months of, that have really helped me even in myself see even deeper levels of where my behaviors are stuck. And so there's some archetypes like prostitute. And it's a word people are like, oh, what? But really, um, it's a, a widespread problem, especially for women, because when we're in what I would call prostitute energy, we're not valuing the things that we're doing. We're not valuing ourselves in some way. And so we might minimize what we charge. We might minimize the effect of our work. We might minimize how good of a parent we are. Like we're just constantly minimizing what we do. And so that shows up, right. As kind of, again, like energetic frequency. Um, Another character that shows up in our relationships um, 
And, and sometimes in our work too is the child, right? So a lot of times, especially as entrepreneurs, the child shows up. So the child has really big dreams, but a child doesn't want to do the work. So like you might meet people that like talk a lot about what they're going to do, but they're never doing it because their child is the one dreaming about it, but there's not a part of them that's taking responsibility for the dream. And so there's just, again, like so many nuances of what I work with. And so everybody's a little bit different in like what comes up. But again, those archetypes typically are little, they're, they're the little lice buttons that I'm like pulling out. Like, okay, this is where your child is like hanging out. It's time to... It's time for the adult to come in and play. (laughs) Yeah. So those kind of things. So there's a, there's a lot of nuances inside of that. Right. And a lot of times we need somebody on the outside to come in and help us. Right. Um, Even as we're coaching, we need coaches, right? Somebody that points us out and goes, did you realize? And you're like, yeah, no, I didn't realize that. Okay. Time to fix that. Right. But we need somebody to come in sometimes and give us a hand because we're holding on to old things, old patterns, old scripts, old, whatever it is. And it's time. Are they, I just wrote a blog about this recently about, you know, are we holding on to things that no longer serve us? Mm -hmm. Right. Most of the time we are right. Like that's Mm -hmm. the, the the truth is there. I like, I would say this work isn't for the faint of heart. Right. Because Mm -hmm. sometimes we have to uncover some really deep emotional things. Like uh, a lot of times that when I enter work with someone brand new, what they're discovering are lies they've been believing about themselves for a really long time. Right. And that's kind of emotional. So there is this emotional component to this work that is not for the faint of heart because you've got to be willing to be honest with yourself on like, that is the honest truth. Like if you can't be honest with yourself about either your level of dissatisfaction with some part of your life, And what the cause of it is, it's definitely not going to be easy work for you to do because we'll just dance around the actual problem, right? Mm -hmm. Instead of just going like, let's just go straight to the problem. And if if you've always seen, let's just say you have a deep-seated belief of not being good enough, that's going to play out in everything that you do. Mm -hmm. And you'll constantly be feeling like you're either overworking, right? Stressing out, overperforming, overgiving, like all of those things are a result of that singular belief. Because you're trying to prove that you're good enough. So you're putting way more effort in. So if you're not willing to at least be truthful with yourself, really look at what is the cause of the behavior or the the well, the cause of the symptoms, a lot of times is really more more of it than it's not always the right work for you. But it's it is the work that will get you where you want to go, right? Like it gets you to the life of satisfaction, it gets you to achieving the goals that you want to achieve with less stress and more pleasure. Right. If, and if you can identify those, right. And sometimes we need help where someone outside of us can look at that pattern and say, okay, I see this. I see this. Oh, I see we have a theme going here. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll tell you, I think that's a, such a great point because one of the things that I did before I ever hired my first coach was I, I, um, I solicited shelf help. Do you know what that is? Let's see. Would that be the self-help books or? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> self-diagnosis. Right. Right. And I, I felt like I just kept hitting the same wall. I was like, I'm reading these books. I'm reading these books, but I just cannot get any further. And it was really frustrating. Right. I'm like, all right. I just, and I remember reading, um, Oh, I'm looking at my bookshelf right now, trying to remember the name of the book that I read. It was one of Jack Canfield's books. And there were some questions in there and I'm like, I don't even know the answers to these anymore. Like I'm so lost. I don't even, I don't even know. Right? I felt so disconnected from 
who I was and what I really wanted for my life that I'm like, I, I don't even think I can answer these questions. And so that's when I really sought help because I was like, okay, I, I don't know how to move through this on my own. And mm-hmm. so that's like, that was a godsend, honestly. Like just was a, it was a beautiful gift that I gave myself and I'm so thankful for and really kind of what helped move me into this, this direction. I think a lot of people don't think about the possibilities. They think, okay, I'm stuck, or they don't even know that they're stuck. <laughs> and then right. when they realize they're stuck, they don't know what to do about that. You know, we've been trained that if something's broken, you go to the doctors to get it healed, you get to get it fixed, right? <laughs> Your car's broken, you take it to the mechanic, right? We understand that thought process. But I know when I was growing up, there was life coach a spiritual coach, mentor, none of this were vocabulary words that even existed, but then entrepreneur didn't exist then either. Right. In my world. So looking at other options, I personally, I love coaches. I say it all the time. I love coaches. Coaches want to make the world a better place, right? You help us learn how to be better people so that we can be more productive, um, more loving to our family. And, you know, there's so many positives to having a coach. And a lot of people don't even realize they need one or then they realize they need something and they don't know what that something is. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think the other thing that, and again, this kind of comes back to women and I've seen this a lot with my own clients is there's another rule out there that says we have to do it all ourselves. Mm-hmm. And so women are less likely to ask for the help that they need because if, if there's, it's, it's a contradiction, right? If we're, if there's this rule over here that says, Oh, you should be able to do it all yourself. You should be able to figure it out. And yet you feel like you need help. There's this like contradiction. So which, right? Like what direction do you go? And if you ask for help because you're breaking this rule over here, it causes guilt and shame, right? Like, (laughs) so there's that dynamic that's present that a lot of times that's the thing women have to move through just to get help, right? Is the idea like, you gotta, gotta realize that's a societal rule Mm -hmm. that actually is true that, and I, I think what I would go on to share is sort of um, one of the things I've studied recently as I've looked at some more generational programming that's taken place. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's another part of my my life and my business that I'm really passionate about is looking at what are we passing on to the next generation? And, and that stems from my own personal experience, which I can talk about in a second. But generations ago, women did rely on each other for support right? And community, like they came together and now it's like somewhere this rule got developed. If you needed that, that you were insignificant, you know, like there was something wrong with you. And so we just busting that myth, right? Acknowledging like, no, we actually. (laughs) And really, Denise, you make me think about generational. We talk about generational wealth and all this kind of stuff. Generational support. What's it mean to be a woman? And then how that's transformed over time and even in our life, right? Like you mentioned, women that started a business and maybe they didn't have a family then, right? So they could just gung-ho, do what they needed to do. Okay, well, now times have shifted, right? Now they've got a partner that they need to make happy also. Now they've got kids they need to make happy, right? So where they are and their their lifespan and what's going on in their life changes our roles as we change and the expectations and what we're doing. And women do have unique issues. Yeah. You know, I got the whole, um, you know, do you work from home? Okay. So what are the expectations? Well, you can't do the dishes. I'm not at home so I can wash your dishes. <laughs> I've actually had to say that, right? So, I mean, these are real things that women are dealing with, right? Yeah. So that, that expectation, don't ask for help. 
you should be able to do it all. There's a prime example, right? So, you know, I'm supposed to work from home, make sure I do all the dishes, make sure I do all the cleaning, the laundry should be done because I work from home. I don't work at home. I'm not working at the home. I get paid to be a domestic, (laughs) domestic (laughs) goddess, right? Uh, But I happen to work from home. So in order to remove those expectations, I have to spend money and time at an office in a location I don't want to be around in a situation I don't want to be with the vibrations and frequencies going around. I can't have my dog next to me, right? I mean, so you're going to make me change locations where I work so that your expectations will change? Right. Yeah. These are things, these are women's issues. They, They are. Yeah, they really are. And yeah. it stems, like you said, the what the expectations are and yeah. what the, the rules are for society. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and the other flip side of that, too, is right. Once you become a mom and you're raising kids, what makes you a good mom? Right. Mm-hmm. Because the other rule is, well, you would drop everything and you would take care of your kids. Always. Right. <laughs> the fact that there's two parents and maybe the other parent needs to drop everything once in a while and there should be a right? 50-50 thing. I'm yeah. sorry. What? I know. Yeah. Yeah. So there's like all those dynamics, right. Come up. Mm -hmm. And um, so I want to mention just really quickly, because this is another component that's typically really important to the clients that I work with. And and again, I I believe it's like we attract more of who we have been at some point in our lives. And um, so the generational thing is really important to me because I realized early on in my life that I was in the generational pattern of my mom and my grandma and like there's this, this pattern. So I had my oldest daughter when I was 19. And when I found out I was pregnant, I was like, Oh, wait a minute. My mom was 17 when she had my brother. My grandma was 17 when she had my mom and none of, neither one of them had happy marriages. And I was like, Oh, hang on a second. They were pregnant. They got married unhappy marriage. Okay. Hold on. (laughs) Like I see this pattern already. Right. So I decided not to get married. And it really was, it became my goal to do things differently with my daughter mm-hmm. because I wanted, I, I understood that it was going to be difficult to raise her at a young age, married or not. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really wanted to set a different example for her. And so that's really been another part of my own personal journey, but also what I support women with is what are the generational patterns that you're aware of that are negatively impacting you in your parenting? Cause I know I had that. I, my mom was a yeller. I was a yeller. And I remember like, I hate this. I don't, I, but I don't know how, like, it's just this instant reaction that I have and I didn't know how to handle it. And so I've literally done a complete turnaround in terms of how I respond to things. And I think sometimes it actually like surprises my kids that I like, even just the other night, they were like, one of them, I have this kind of funny joke about, okay, the sink is empty, the dishwasher is clean and you know it, but you still put things in the sink and you leave them. Right. So I kind of, I'm like, okay, Hey, will you come? I like, just don't get mad anymore. I'm just like, we come clean out the sink. But the other night they were like watching to see if I get upset. Cause I had asked like three times in a row <laughs> and I'm like, I'm not upset. I'm just going to keep asking you to do it. One day you'll pick it up. Like, I don't need to yell anymore. I don't like, mm-hmm. I'm beyond that. I don't, I don't want to yell about this. So I'm not going to. Right. We parent the way our parents parented unless we make a distinct effort to do otherwise. Yeah. And like and you said, we have that choice. Everywhere. Right. Because my parents, I'm, like I mentioned, right, I basically was raised in poverty and I was like, I'm not I'm not going to live that way. So it's been making conscious decisions along the way. But there have been challenges because, again, going back to like your signature and your frequency, the signature I operated from was from a place of poverty and victimhood. 
And I really had to do a lot of work around eliminating that and seeing all of the little places that was still showing up in my life and how I was making decisions. And even just a few weeks ago, I decided there were a few things that I all of a sudden realized like, oh my gosh, that's totally the scarcity mindset I'm using to make this decision. Mm -hmm. Done making another decision. I'm over it. Right. But when we're, when we're just stuck in it, when we're on, on remote control, we don't even realize that's what's happening, right. but there's that programming that is so fast back in the back of our mind, our subconscious that's running the show and we don't even know it. And so it really is about raising that awareness. And so, you know, the generational patterns come into that and, and we'll all, I think the important thing to note is we will always have generational patterning like that, that will forever exist. But like my hope, at least with my daughters, is that I, I offer them the opportunity to think for themselves so that there will be less patterning that they don't want. Right. Right. Conscious decisions. And until yeah. you think about it, you're on autopilot. Right? It's all about getting off the autopilot to make the decisions that are best for you with yeah. the current situations rather than letting all your baggage make the decisions for you. Absolutely. Yeah. And I like to be in control of my life, not something else. Right. I don't want to be controlled even by my own junk. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And there's, you know, that's where real freedom comes from when you think about it is when we're not controlled by something in our past and we're fully making a present day decision about what we want and Right. Whether that's short term or long term, when we're here in this moment and we're not stuck in a previous moment, it's so much easier and more pleasurable. And again, like it's just such a sense of freedom when we can make those decisions. So I'm going to say and get let me know if I got this right or not. But it okay. sounds like if you're doing it from like a spiritual kind of mentorship. Right. So if you're not vibrating at the right level. Right. It's because there's things that are out of balance in your life that aren't. There's some nuances. There's some things we need to go in and pick out the bugs. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. So we can yeah. kind of balance things out and make it so that your your vibration is going to be higher, right? It's going to be yeah. you're going to be more. In, I would call it more my flow, right? And um, right. but the idea is if you can take a look at your life and say what's not working for me, make those mind shifts and and behavior shifts and and changes, then you can be like you said happier rather than than fighting all the time and why like you said, I don't need to yell at my kids. I mean, number of times I yelled at my kids, I mean, I probably count on one hand. Yeah, you know, there's there's other ways to motivate people besides yell at them, but if that's what yeah. you grew up with, that's all you know. Exactly. Right? Yeah. So we can or, Yeah, I think the flip side of that too is um, it's what you grew up with, but then it's also when we're living in fight or flight. So mm -hmm. when, right, when we're under pressure at work and then we come home and there's the pressure, right, to perform at home and you're in fight or flight, that's also the reaction because you're just, it's like a pressure cooker, right? <laughs> oh yeah. Something eventually is going to pop the lid and you're just going to go, right? So it's really understanding that the dynamic of all of those things really play together. And so, yeah, can we break those down? Can we see where is past programming inserting here? Where is your your high stress level inserting itself and causing the havoc that's, that exists here? So, and, and really, um, that's one level of an experience, right? Some people have that. And then there's also just we all have um, a certain level, a certain comfort level that we're able to achieve on our own, right? So um, 
learned this sort of as a, like a temperature. We have a, we all have a thermometer and we have a threshold for what the lowest we're willing to, we're willing to experience. And then the highest that we're able to consciously experience on our own. And in order to move beyond that, right. So let's just say move from 70 degrees to 80 degrees, we might need help. So we could be satisfied at 70 degrees, but know that there's more available and it's looking at, okay, what else is there? It might not be causing me pain, but what else is here still preventing me from making that move from 70 to 80 degrees, right? So there's both perspectives that I work with, which are the people that want to just get out of pain because they're tired of feeling like crap. And then there are the ones that are like, okay, well, I don't actually feel like crap every day, but I know there's more available to me. I just can't seem to move. I'm stuck here. Right. Saying, I, I see what I want. I know my goal, but I'm getting my own way. And that's one of my favorite things to say. When Do, yeah. do you need to get out of your own way? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. What, what belief systems do you have? What are you doing to hold yourself back when you right. really shouldn't be right? What do you need to release in order to move forward with it? Yeah. And yeah. so if you're having that point, like you're, I, I can only get so far. Right. And you'll hear about like income level or, or how many clients you have or whatever it is. And what is it that's stopping you from going to that next level, whether it's your personal life or your business? Right. right. Yeah. Just yeah. kind of getting in there and digging in deep and finding out what that is. Because a lot of times we need someone else to help us with that. We don't know what that is. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And all those things kind of going back to the energy, have that energetic signature. Right. So this is about really like the work coming back to like the spiritual piece is using your energetic signature as your superpower. So when you really know and understand like that and, and own that you have a divine signature and the more we connect to that, that is your superpower. The more willing you are to show up in that, right? That's your superpower. It's not found in the minimization of any parts of you. Right. You get to be your authentic self when you can take all those little bugs out and, and yeah. those aren't there to distract you. You don't have that generational thing kind of, oh, this is how you're supposed to be. You don't have that voice in your head telling you what <laughs> to means to be a good woman, right? If you can get rid of some of those you're supposed to's, and yeah, then yeah. show up authentically as yourself, right? There's so many more options available to you. Yes. And yeah. I think that's the beauty of bringing a coach in, right? And and there's a lot of different kinds of coaches out there, right? Yeah. I mean, different kinds of life coaches, energy coaches, executive coaches, right? We see coaches all the time now, but it's finding one that really resonates with you that's and their it. style, right? Yeah. 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 Yeah, I think that, and, and I also would say that, um, you don't have to limit yourself. Right. So, um, like I have a client right now who also has a coach that is a career coach. Right. Mm -hmm. So we're working on similar, but yet different things. And I've also had multiple coaches at different times, depending on what I was wanting to work on and what I was focused on. And so I think that's also the important thing to notice is we don't have to limit ourselves in the coaches that we look for because there are specifics that we work on. Right. So I like people will ask me, are you a business coach? I'm like, and I will say yes and no, because <laughs> if you are your business, then yes, I'm a business coach. Right. Because mm -hmm. how you show up in your business is how you show up in your personal life as well. So if, if there are things going on at home, it's going to in fact impact your business. Oh, absolutely. You have, up. you have to clean it up. It, it, it will immediately convert because how you do one thing is how you do everything. And sometimes we don't see that crossover, but it really does. It really it crosses over all the time.
Yeah, I know that feeling because people are, well, business coach, I'm like, more of a business strategist, right? right which is different, right? Yeah. yeah. It, 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 there's a fine line between the two, right? I'm not going to come in and look at your financials. Mm -mm, I'm not yeah. your girl for that. Because yeah. I'd be like, but we have a financial coach. Hold on. Let me introduce you to one, right? Right. But we, we know what our uh, what our, our sweet spots are and where we do well, right? right? For you, clarity and helping people realize where they're hitting their bumps right. and their spirituality to be their authentic selves and be the best version of themselves, right? And when I look at people's businesses, I would say I'm a marketing coach, but, you know, I can't do your marketing yet. Why? Your business isn't ready for me yet. Yeah. So let's step back. Let's talk about business strategy. Now you're set. Now we can move forward, right? So we right. need different people with different um, perspectives to help yeah. us move forward where we get stuck. Definitely. I have yeah. friends that have a life coach, an executive coach, a business coach, right? Mm -hmm. They're like, I just get coaches whenever I need one. And yeah. it's not like, um, I don't know, there's not a stigma attached to a coach, I don't think. Right. I mean, there's yeah. back in the day. Oh, it's therapy. I, I'm hoping that we're getting to a point where we can get out of that idea of a stigma. Right. If yeah. you need help, you need help. You know what I mean? Get yeah. the help that you need. Why are you struggling? Right. Yeah. Well, it makes sense. Yeah. And to, and to, I want to do just kind of note this though. I think the interesting thing in this dynamic will always be present, I believe, is with levels of consciousness they're always associated with paradigms, which are a set of beliefs, right? That we operate from. And when you look at, if we were to just make a generational inventory of habits, patterns, and beliefs that are a result of pre previous generations. So if you look at the fifties, they have their own set of generational patterns and beliefs, right? Based on their life experiences. So if you have someone in your life that lived during the depression, they have a very different view of how to spend money, how to save, how to handle your, how to eat, like all of the things, right. That have slowly trickled in. They're still present in today's society in some capacity. Right. Mm -hmm. um, same is true for 60s that like, you can just look and you can see there's a piece of all of that filtered down. Um, and so because of that, there will always be multiple paradigms existing at the same time in society. Like that's actually not going to go away because even though the fifties by 2050 are going to be a hundred years, right? There's still going to be trickles of that that are present in different levels of society. And so, um, so just to kind of, you know, to your point of, I hope that one day we can get rid of the stigma around it. And I think that it'll minimize, but I'm not sure it'll ever go away because, mm -hmm. You have the old schoolers, right? <laughs> right. Until the old schoolers no longer, you know, if the next generation says, no, oh, this isn't so bad. And we, okay. And the next generation after that says, no, this is a good thing to go get help. Right, if we can right. eventually get to that generation and the other ones have eventually gone away, right? Maybe we yeah. can do that. But yeah, like you said, it's generational, right? Every time I know for me, my honey's a little bit older than I am. So he'll be like, oh, you're leaving in that. Right. <laughs> and I'm like, what? <laughs> you know, or uh, mama, right? I'm raised by my grandmother and she would say, honey, do you want to put some lipstick on before we go out? And I'm like, no, really, I'm good. And she's like, don't you, a little color? You want some lipstick? And I'm like, yeah. 
no, no, really, I'm good. <laughs> you know? But each generation, right? So before I leave the house, I've got this little voice in my head. Honey, do you want to put some lipstick on? Right. No, no way down. Bye. Yes. Out of here. Right. Yes. But that's kind of what it is, right? Generations, a little bit from each generation comes forward right. and you have all these voices. And the hard part is, is as things shift over the generation, the rules contradict themselves. Yes, absolutely. Which is why I love the work that I do because I, I feel like a part of it is like there's two pieces. There's really more, but if I were to break it down, I would say there's a part of the work where we're breaking down those old generational patterns, figuring out what you actually really want for you, and then going to create that and creating your own generational patterns, right? So like I personally want to leave a different legacy for my children that will have some generational patterning associated with it that I hope they'll keep. Right. Um, and then I know there will also be some that they don't, and, and that's just human nature. So, cause one of the things that happens is, and this was me, um, we, we do one of two things when we're raised and, and everyone's experience is a little bit different, but yet the same ideology is we either decide we're going to do exactly the same thing as our parents or not at the end of the game. Like, you know, like, I'm sure you have a, a time where you're like, I'm not going to do that whenever I'm a parent. Right. right? And then there's like, the other side where you're like, oh, that was great. I want to do it just like that. Right. One right. extreme or the other. Right. <laughs> and so the, the challenge with that is um, it the duplicating it isn't actually the hard part, because if we found safety and love and connection in it and we want to duplicate that, it's usually easy to do. It's in the undoing of something when you say, I'm not going to do it like that. Right. So my own experience, even just if I boiled down to parenting my oldest versus my younger two, it's been a very different experience because while I said I wasn't going to do the things that my parents did, I didn't know how to undo it. Right. I didn't have the level mm -hmm. of consciousness to understand how to really undo it. So I might have done it slightly different or you have this massive pendulum swing, but that also doesn't achieve what you want because you're doing it in spite, which is also not a healthy, good energy, right? Because you're doing it to, <laughs> you're not doing it out of actual pure desire. You're doing it to prevent or reject something. Well, right? And so we're like different that. parents with each of our children, right? We've yeah. learned and grown, right? So what we, how we raised our first child isn't necessarily how we raised the second one, the third, or however many you end up having, right? Because we yeah. are different and we've grown. Like you said, the first one might be this extreme and then like, well, that was a little too far. Well, now well, maybe we went to, that's kind of like they say, by the time you get to the last kid, ah, they'll be fine. Whatever it is, right. ah, they'll be fine. Yeah. You don't worry about every little thing anymore, right? Yeah, exactly. And I think too, like for myself, I kind of always joke, um, Yes, my kids all have a different mom because they get parented differently based on their mm -hmm. personality. But I also have a 10 and a 14 year gap between my oldest and my youngest. Mm. Uh, and are my so my oldest is 25, my younger two are 14 and 11. And so I have this massive gap. So for sure, they have a different parent, like mm -hmm. completely different. And I would hope so, right? I would like to think yes. that I've learned and I've grown and I'm not the same person I was 20 years ago, please. <laughs> I know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So all of that, right? There's just so much to to consider. And those are the things that um, for me personally, like really bring me a lot of joy, not just for myself in terms of my own conversion and transformation, but supporting other people to do the same thing. Because I really, I really, really believe that the more we return to our own energetic signature, our divine signature, the better the world becomes. Because mm -hmm. we really are here. Each of us has something different to offer. And when we actually offer that, we are happier. 
which automatically raises the vibration of everyone around us and the trickle effect, right? So when you think about tossing that rock out into the river, the trickle effect of that is just beautiful. And, and how else, like, I just can't think of a more beautiful thing. Right. That's what I said. Love coaches. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, make the world a better place, right? The better we can all be, the better we can get along with each other. And, and it just keeps getting better from there. Yeah. Right? I love it. So you mentioned a lot of times about working with women. So mm -hmm. that's who you work with predominantly then? Yeah. And yeah. yeah. I, I kind of used to joke. Um, I've had men approach me. I've worked with some men, but I, I used to joke that you have to be willing to do the emotional work. And sometimes men are resistant to that, just in honesty, right? Like there's transparency there. Um, and so if if you're willing to step into that and acknowledge that you have a set of emotions, <laughs> I can like, help you. We're going deep, so you better but be ready. <laughs> we're going to go deep. And so, yeah, yeah. I don't shy away from that. And that's the thing. I'm pretty clear about that. So I have had men that are like, okay, I'm ready to do that. And I, I actually really love I love that from a perspective for myself because they tend to be, um, it's just beautiful. It's a beautiful thing to witness men that are willing to go to that depth. Yeah, it's beautiful. I love it. So if uh, somebody wanted to reach out to you, Denise, how would they get a hold of you? Yeah. Okay. So one of three ways. You can email me directly at Denise at Denise Purdy. You can connect with me on Facebook at Denise Purdy. Or on LinkedIn, also Denise Purdy. So that's Purdy, P-U-R-D-Y, as yeah. opposed to Purdy, because she is Purdy, but <laughs> P-U-R-D-Y, you can get a hold of her. Um, so if they want to learn a little bit more, they want to talk to you a little bit, um, reach out, go find her, talk to her. What do you have in the in the horizon? What do you got? What are you working on? Yeah, so I have quite a bit, actually. So um, one of the things I'm really working on right now is um, feminine and masculine energetics and mm -hmm. how that affects you and how you show up. Um, and so I have a, a retreat at my home coming up in December where I'm working specifically with those. And it's really from the perspective of um, coming into your sovereign as a woman and using your feminine energy as your superpower. And so really excited about that. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. You got my attention yeah. on that one. It, yeah. It's true. And you don't realize it. Um, but as roles of women and men have changed over time, we've changed our energy Absolutely. and how we're showing up. Mm -hmm. And what Absolutely. that does is it displaces the other side because now they're not in their energy. And it really causes right. some issues in relationships, whether yeah. that's work or at home. So what a great topic. I love that you're going to dive into that. Yeah, I'm excited about that. Um, and so if you know, anybody wanted to participate in that, Denise, how do we do that? Yeah. So definitely contact me, get in touch with me so we can talk about it and discuss, you know, if it's the right fit for you, what you're, what you're looking for. Um, cause it's really important to me. I'm planning it to be a pretty intimate event. So I want to make sure everyone that's coming is slated to receive exactly what they want to come for, what they want to, want to get from it. Um, so yeah, just contact me directly and then we'll connect and, and discover that. Um, but I wanted to just say really quickly that the, the important thing to me about this is that the displacement is so important, especially for women, because as what we unknowingly did when we entered the workforce all those years ago, right, when we went from a one income family to a two, we took on all the masculine energy. And it's not a bad thing. It's just that my, our masculine energy took 
the driver's seat. And our masculine energy is, is a beautiful thing for many reasons, but it's led to burnout, frustration, irritation, right? All of those things that don't support us in our career, don't support us in our relationship. And so this retreat is really about coming back into balance, letting your feminine be the leader and knowing when and how to use your masculine because it is required. So it's about the masculine and feminine within yourself and then how to use them in relationship with others too. So really understanding the dynamic of that is so important because otherwise you do have this dynamic, let's just say, in your relationship at home with the man who you're looking to be the masculine, but if you're holding all of the masculine energy, he can't be, mm-hmm. right? There's no room for him to There's be. No room. So we have to learn how to manage both parts of our own masculine and feminine in order for our relationship to flourish in a way that supports everyone. So um, I just wanted to mention that because it's so I'm just it's it's huge. It's absolutely huge. And while you're talking, I've got somebody in mind. I'm thinking y'all need to talk. Awesome. And and I'm thinking I got somebody that I was talking to who is um, interested in the feminine energy and how that relates to leadership. Yeah. Right. And that the leadership theories are based on male theories of leadership. Mm-hmm. And that just ties into what you're talking about. We'll have to hook you up with uh, Caroline Hirschbach. Awesome. Yeah. So okay. I'm shouting it out now. This way she yeah. knows it's awesome. coming your way. We're going to hook you guys up because I think you guys will have an interesting conversation about that because yes. women being in their own leadership roles is it looks different. It does. Yeah. Yeah. And if you if you are in the leadership role and you've only learned how to do it through masculine energy, you've probably found some success. That's the beautiful thing is our masculine energy does create an immense amount of success, but it doesn't create long-term happiness. Right. Well, and if you're working in an area that's mostly male dominated using those masculine styles, right. But then of course you've lost your femininity in the process. So learning how to lead yourself, your family and, and your business, right. Or in the corporate life, right. Learning to do that as a woman with your feminine energy. I mean, I love it. That's going to be awesome. So that's, that's one of the things you got going on. I interrupt. What else you got going on? No, that's awesome. Um, And then coming in the new year, I have a program I'll be running called dare to live. And it is literally just about the steps in daring to live. What do we need to do to live larger, to live bigger, to, um, to really fully accept our bigness in the world Mm -hmm. and being willing and daring to live that. So that's coming in the new year as well. That's going to be fun. So uh, what's a little bit more? Is that going to be like a one-time class, an ongoing class? What is so, that? Yeah. So um, it's interesting. I actually ran this program back in June, I think. Might have been July. I can't remember exactly. Um, and I just keep getting like more and more and more to, I'm going to say, fill it with to add to it. And so it'll be an online program, um, but the details of it, I'm still ironing out whether it like I only ran it for a week before, but it's, it's it keeps growing. So it'll likely be like a six week program of some kind is my, is say the my guess right now. Yeah, there's so many possibilities with that. I can imagine it'd be hard to, to choose what not to put into it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. So um, so I'm having fun with that. I'm kind of just letting that evolve right now. Uh-huh. And, you know, be informed by the different things that just keep coming. And the beautiful thing is, um, one of the things that I, I love is just the idea that as I continue to evolve, all of the things I offer continue to evolve. And um, 
So there's just more opportunity, right? Like I can run this once and then I can run it again and again and again if I desire to, or I can change it to something else. And so um, there's always that. You can grow with it. And each time you might add a little bit more and pull something back until it feels like it's the the right um, vibration and frequency. Right. Until it feels like it's (laughs) complete. So like the thing that I like to look at is, you know, energy again has a frequency and then there's also a sense of completion around some things. And so- um, as I continue to grow, I can look back and I can tell you um, a lot of times what I'm teaching is a concept I'm I'm learning to master myself. And so I will, I'll have worked on it and then I'll teach it and then I'll feel like I've mastered it. Right. And so then mm-hmm. I quit teaching it because I'm, it's no longer a part of like what I'm, what I'm passionate about or excited about. So I can talk about it. So I used to run a program, um, mastering time, honoring boundaries, like really about mm-hmm those two perspectives. Right. Um, but as I mastered it and it felt complete for me, it was no longer fun to teach. So for the coach in me saying, okay, well, why don't you go ahead and record that teaching this way? You can right. then offer it as a course later yeah. that people can, uh, you know, go in and watch on their own and learn from and multiple streams of income, right? right. There's the business coach saying, wait a minute, capitalize on that. Don't, don't throw it away. Yeah. Yeah. And so I did that for a little while, but there are sometimes that things like that, just, um, the distance and the the gap that exists between that content and what's available now, I would much rather teach because what I teach now is much more potent for people to receive than mm-hmm. that lower vibration of me. Right. So at some point you outgrow offering those older products. And that's just sort of like what I've looked at. And um, I took a large break from a lot of those things during COVID. And then mm-hmm. when I moved through some relational changes and so it's sort of been like, okay, that's actually so old for me. I don't even want to bring up, like, it's just not even a vibration I want to associate with anymore. So going forward, like that's actually the idea around this version of the dare to live is to record it, keep it as it is, and then package it. Um, knowing that something else will evolve right as time goes on. I, I yeah. love the title dare to live. Yeah. I mean, but really, that that says it all. I mean, what yeah. else do you need to say? Dare to live, right? <laughs> Be you. Oh my God, that's such a great title. Yeah, I, I can't wait to hear more about it. So I, I hope you're going to keep us in the loop. You're going to tag me when you got things going on. We'll yeah. share it and let everybody else come back. Once again, if you want to talk to Denise, reach out to Denise Purdy. So it's going to be on the screen scrolling right now. And if you are listening to this and not seeing the video, I contact Denise Purdy at Denise at DenisePurdy.com, P-U-R-D-Y. So have some fun, reach out to her. Um, She's got some cool stuff going on. I mean, this is going to be cool. So they're going to find you on Facebook. They're going to find you on LinkedIn. So connect, connect, have some fun. If this sounds like something that's in your wheelhouse and you're going, ooh, 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 I I, I need more Denise in my life, reach out to her. She's awesome, obviously. That's why we have her on here. Thank you. I appreciate it. It was great to be here today. Thank you for hanging out. Yeah, love having you here. We'll have you back again. We'll talk about some more stuff about your classes coming up because we're going to want a rehash. How'd the class go? Would tell us more about it. Maybe come back in and tell us when you're ready to dive in with some of the details in your January class. I mean, this is going to be fun stuff. So don't be a stranger and come on back. Sounds great. I will. All right. So this is DFW Networking Diva, Christine Dean, and wanted to thank you for coming and hanging out with us today. And we will see you next time. Thank you, Denise. All right. See ya.